Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one charitable page of Talmud every day. You know, we've been on this journey together for two and a half years now, something like that. So I sort of feel like we know each other a little bit. Sure, you hear my voice, and I sadly don't get to hear yours, not unless you write to us, so please write to us. But studying Talmud is a group activity. By definition, it has to be done in a chavruta, meaning with a study partner. And you really should get to know your study partner pretty well. The better to argue with him or her, of course. So let me tell you something about me that you should know that would probably come as absolutely no surprise. I love complaining. It's not that I'm some Eeyore. I actually have a pretty cheerful disposition, and I rarely, if ever, succumb to anxiety, which is a feeling, truly, I've never really felt, or even worse, despair. But when something goes wrong, I will let you hear about it. Inconveniences are like a symphony to me, a symphony of discordant notes, each note further confirming my suspicion that the world is completely broken and needs us to fix it. Can you believe the plane broke down and left us stranded on the tarmac for an hour and they didn't even apologize? Could you believe that dry cleaners ruined my favorite Steely Dan t-shirt? Can you believe that this Uber driver just canceled on me after I've been waiting here for 12 minutes? These quibbles are so petty that we have a name for them. First world problems. I think this calls for Weird Al's first world problems right here. A snippet. Fair use, I think. My maid is cleaning the bathroom so I can take a shower. When I do, the water starts getting cold after an hour. Cause I know how to text. Oh, and gee, I got first world, first world problems. First world problems are universally considered to be so inane that merely mentioning them, as I do all the time, gets you the sort of squinty-eyed look of disdain people shoot me too often. <laughs> Don't you know that others have it, like, far, far, far worse? Honestly, this comparison never resonated with me. And today's page of Talmud, Ketubot 67 and 68, explain why. The story starts, as great stories so often do, with Hillel the Elder. Have a listen. Concerning this issue, the sages taught, sufficient for his deficiency. This teaches that you are commanded with respect to the pauper to support him, but you are not commanded with respect to him to make him wealthy, as the obligation encompasses only that which he lacks as indicated by the word deficient. However, the verse also states, which is deficient for him. This includes even a horse upon which to ride and a servant to run in front of him for the sake of his stature, if necessary. For someone accustomed to these advantages, their absences constitute a true deficiency, not an extravagant indulgence. The Gemara relates, they said about Hillel the Elder that he obtained for a poor person of noble descent a horse upon which to ride and a servant to run in front of him. One time, he did not find a servant to run in front of him, and Hillel himself 
ran in front of him for three mil to fulfill the dictate which is deficient for him. OMG. Hillel is teaching a crucial lesson here. Deficient isn't some universal measure. If you're used to surviving on a dollar a day, well, you don't need much more than a dollar a day to keep on living. But if your budget is more in the six or seven or eight figure mark, you must be sustained according to the standards to which you're accustomed. Of course, no sooner is this story told than an objection arises. It too is worth hearing in full, and here it is. The Gemara relates another incident concerning charity. A certain person came before Rabbi Nehemiah to request charity. He said to him, On what do you normally dine? He said to him, I usually dine on fatty meat and aged wine. Rabbi Nehemiah asked him, Is it your wish to belittle yourself and partake together with me in a meal of lentils, which is my regular food? He partook with him of lentils, and he died since he was not accustomed to his food. Rabbi Nehemiah said, Woe to this one who was killed by Nehemiah. The Gemara wonders. On the contrary, Rabbi Nehemiah should have said, Woe to Nehemiah who killed this one. The Gemara responds, Rather, Rabbi Nehemiah meant that it was he, the pauper, who should not have pampered himself so much. The poor man was to blame for his own death. His excessive indulgence rendered him incapable of digesting simple foods such as lentils. We all have an uncle who's like Rabbi Nehemiah, right? Someone who stretches out at the Thanksgiving table and thunders that life's all about personal responsibility and that we shouldn't bail out those bums who are too lazy to work and save and be diligent and have some grit. And to be honest, you sort of see his point. Lentils are as nutritious as fatty meat and excellent wine. And while we have an obligation to keep the poor man alive, we have no obligation to affirm his previous indulgent and excessive and crazy lifestyle. But the Talmud isn't done there. The rabbis have one more point to make, and they're saving the best for last. Have a listen. The Gemara relates another story. A certain person came before Rava to request charity. He said to him, On what do you normally dine? He said to him, On a fattened hen and aged wine. He said to him, And were you not concerned for causing a burden to the community by expecting such opulent foods? He said to him, Is that to say that it is from their funds that I eat? I eat from the support of the merciful one, meaning Hashem, God. This would seem to be a reasonable argument, as we already learned that in the verse the eyes of all wait for you, and you give them their food in its time. Psalms 145.15 The phrase at their time is not stated, rather in its time. This teaches that the Holy One, blessed be He, gives each and every one His personally appropriate sustenance at its proper time. And the community is merely His agent in discharging His will. Therefore, the man is justified in maintaining his standard. Rava, in other words, takes the uncharitable approach to charity, saying that the community should hardly suffer because one of its formerly wealthy sons had grown accustomed to luxury goods. But the poor man makes a stunning argument. The community, he says, is simply God's instrument in discharging his divine will. As such, the community must respect and adhere to to borrow a phrase from the late and great Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the dignity of difference. Each of us has his or her 
own lot in life, his or her own approach, his or her own moment to shine, and time to suffer. Try to set up some universal standard, some one-size-fits-all measure. Rich means eating this and that, or having this and that much money, and this is what a person needs and nothing more. And you'll end up creating some monstrous dystopia that ignores the basic human fact that we were all created in the image of God, each of us different, each of us here to fulfill some distinct purpose that is exclusively his or her own, the reason God put us to be his partner in creation on this earth. For me, four martinis is a slow Wednesday evening. For others, imbibing even one would necessitate lying down to stop the world from spinning. We may mean well when we talk about equality then, but at heart, we aren't really equal. We're all of divine origin, true, which makes us all worthy of dignity. But the dignity is rooted precisely in our differences, in the diversity that makes us who we truly are. Instead of seeking to flatten it in the name of grand slogans and good intentions, the Talmud today reminds us to celebrate it and honor it in full. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.